Welcome to Plum is Home with the River. Merry Christmas, everybody! Welcome to Roma's home. Merry Christmas! Our first Christmas here in Italy. Our first Christmas, at least my first Christmas outside of Canada. Period. Yeah, well, I think mine as well. Yeah, no, and I. No, think... dude, you had your first like three Christmases in Poland. Oh, Stop lying. Oh my gosh, Bust, three or four. Busted. I'm a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me for not remembering my first three Christmases as a three-year-old. I only have like four. Distinct memories of Poland, and yeah, I guess Christmas wasn't one of them. So you know, <laughs> if it didn't, if but hold on, if I didn't ex- remember experience, it did it happen? I guess I just asked for my mom; she'll yeah. tell me. Anyways, yes. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> so yeah, this it was. Um, I th- I think for us, at least when we were living in Canada, this was actually our first Christmas uh, on our own. We've always yes. we've always done for the last five years of our marriage either your place for christmas my place for christmas and by you know swapping with new year's Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was was quite an experience i think we'll probably chat quite a bit about that how we got set up with how the kids reacted and you know we'll kind of go step by step yeah i was worried that i would be have a hard time because christmas is my favorite time of the year and for me it means you know cold weather and family time and lots of delicious food made by my mom my mom and emphasis on family i have so many memories of setting up the tree as a family listening to music as a family and the one piece of tinsel per branch yeah i want to say family i mean my my parents and siblings of course because my real family is here but no no (laughs) but it's it's just those memories with you know my parents and siblings and the thought of not seeing them at all was a little sad. And of course, I, I came into this season just a little apprehensive. But we, like we said last show, we we did do a few things, a little tree, little decorations. And Teresa really enjoyed it. And you know what? It was very cozy. It was a very cozy Christmas. I mean, I, I think the the final product of the tree, maybe we'll post it on Patreon so you get a sense of it. It started off bare. And I think maybe that's how your expectation was. It was because we, we've never had a tree by ourselves either. We've always, uh, again, we, we were never we were never home for like two weeks, so we never decided to get a tree. But here we got a little tree, and I guess when we bought it for like two three weeks, it was just bare. And yep. I guess maybe that's how you were. I almost imagine that's how you were thinking of Christmas. It was like, oh, this isn't. But then once you started to put the bulbs on, and that was like a step up. You got a little tiny nativity in a uh, walnut. Which, what does Teresa call that? She calls it a cocoon because we we read a caterpillar book. So she calls it a cocoon. It's cute. It's pretty cute. Um, and then once we got, you got this little garland, uh, this little ribbon, ribbon. A, a ribbon around it. And then at the end, um, I drew a star with Teresa. She colored it in yellow. Um, and and you cut it. Cut and... it into shape. And then we kind of slapped it onto the top oh you did that while i was gone I don't remember where i was but when i came back she was so excited like look mom look on the tree it was she actually, was so proud of her star i think in the end too i think we realized it was probably maybe more for for her this time like for her like 
that's I guess the thing with nostalgia, right? It's even like us, for example. I mean, we um, lived in Houston for two years. Great times in Houston. We love Houston. And, you know, you kind of reminisce, like, oh, I remember those times. It'd be great to kind of go back. But at a certain point, like with this now, like Teresa and Monica being part of our lives, like this is like our new memories, right? That we have yeah. to sort of work, right? It's it's new, and I guess at first it's the apprehension, but then we see like, okay, our little girl is having a great time. It's like, okay, it doesn't have to be much for her, and then as you know year by year where it will improve and then new memories and so it's this is just yeah the, the game the christmas is now yeah it's no longer you know the comfort you know by a roaring fireplace that was always sort of my image of uh, christmas i mean I, I don't think i'm as nostalgic as you but i mean i have a few things that i do enjoy right i mean obviously your favorite part was opatki um, oh, which for my goodness. which by your by my mercy we didn't do this year maybe <laughs> next year we'll do it and Wapwatki is just a uh, you know we'll kind of go day by day we kind of you know broke our Christmas into uh, two key days Christmas Eve I'm not it might be big with some people around the world I know it's big in Eastern Europe especially in Poland you know you have Vigilia you have um, a meat it's sort of it's a meatless day in your dishes basically fish with uh, soups soups and- you know like veggie pierogies or croquette there's a lot of variations but we did kind of like a mini one of that. And usually before the meal, you you do the uh, the apuatki, which is and I guess it varies from families too. We found out there's a there's a a couple here. I think they they do it, and they kind of explained that it wasn't as awkward as ours. But your family, it seems to do it the most awkward possible way. And and, and now I now I want to do that intentionally now because now it's, <laughs> it became a thing. <laughs> now it's now it's just now it's not revenge, but it's oh, spite. Gosh. I don't know. No, I'm kidding, but it's. Again, the idea is you break off a piece and then you dip it in honey. A piece you, of what, Joey? A piece of the, it's unconsecrated host, I guess. That's it. Yeah. Usually it's stamped with an image of some nativity scene or some and biblical. And it's blessed. It's blessed, but it's not, yeah. We it's know, not it's, consecrated. It's right? not consecrated, but it's blessed. And you, you break off a piece, dip it into honey, and you sort of give a, you know, a, you know wish the person well for the you next year. You put it in the person's mouth as if they were receiving communion on the tongue. Which is something that not all families do, I heard. There you go. <laughs> like, why do we have to do it the most awkward way? And then you wish the person something for the next year. And it doesn't really help that Joe has a million siblings. Oh, yeah. And they're all introverted. Ooh. And I'm super shy. And every year is like, what am I going to wish this person? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, becomes, it, it becomes fun the older you get. Right? It does a little bit. That's I, true. I think so. Anyways, I think it's going to be great for the kids when they're... Or if we have guests, just, you know, if you got guests, you have a lot of introverts in them, just just bust out this, you know, just for fun. Just say it's a tradition <laughs> and uh, just look at look at their eyes. Do the eyes get all creepy, the creepy introverted eyes, you know, like you've gone too far. You know, that, that's what I'm that's looking gold. for. That's gold. I'm giving you some tidbits here. Okay. So, so we didn't do a Poitki this we year. We didn't. It was just us. So we had yeah. um, Christmas Eve meal. So we split it up into, I guess, talk about the meals, I guess, the plans. Right. So I think I mentioned it before. Sorry if I'm repeating myself. But Quebecers, the big thing is called the Réveillon. And you do it on the 24 as well. But um, we decided to do the Polish way on the 24. So, uh, I, I mean, I can't cook Polish meals, but I tried my hand, uh, my hand at uh, split pea soup. Then we had fish, potatoes, and I made croquette, which is a new thing that I've never made before. It's a, a crepe filled with, sometimes it's pork, but this time I made it with mushroom and cabbage, and you deep fry it. It was really good. Well, you bread it first. Bread it first, bread and it deep fry it. And deep fry it. 
really good, somewhat easy to make. I was actually surprised that I could make it that easily. So. It, it's exciting for future things too, because yeah, we can have a meat. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. So that was very good. That was super good. And I think that was it for Polish Christmas. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty, it's always meant to be sort of simple. And, right. and uh, we didn't know. open presents that day. No, no, which is maybe more of a Polish thing, but we we just no, we said it doesn't matter. And the vigil mass exists in Italy, but in our town there wasn't vigil mass earlier than you know the midnight mass, um, which is of course ideal. But with kids, we were not going to make midnight mass, so we didn't go to mass on the twenty four. But in the morning, we went bright and early at our tiny little church. In the neighborhood. It was very nice. Yep, very simple. Um, the girls get, got to kiss baby Jesus, so that was adorable. And uh, after we came back, girls opened presents. The videos on are on Patreon. Teresa got a little back, back in a puzzle game. For school, now with the, uh, the Masha e Orso theme. Yeah, Masha and the bear. Masha and the bear. So she... Really loves that show. I do find that little girl kind of creepy. Like it's, I not creepy, but I find the movements weird. It's like I'm, I'm being very particular here. I'm just uh, not that I watch these things. I don't <laughs> I'm with my daughter, spending quality time. But I don't know. That's anyways. I'm glad she likes it because to me, as an adult, I'm like well, this is kind of interesting. I just find this show hilarious because it's a Russian show. Oh and yeah. So many things I see, I can relate to what I've observed uh, at your family as well. The Eastern European connection. Because how the bear kind of like hacks and figures things. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. yeah, and the beehives and the canning. It's. Actually, now I know why I'm creeped out by that show because today I was sitting with her and watching it, and she was wearing like a, a, a red a red star hat, yes. you know, a soldier hat. I'm like, that's why this is off. <laughs> I knew it was something brainwashing. It's me. very Russian. So no, it's 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 adorable. So she got that, and Monica got basically a doll equivalent to her size because yes. Teresa got a doll for her birthday. And Monica loved that doll. So we're like, let's get her a doll. Yeah, so now they both have a doll. They were playing doll doll fight earlier. That was super cute. And I think the girls had a good Christmas. Maybe we should let people know. I mean, for us, I don't know what other people do, but we actually don't do gifts for ourselves because me and Viva aren't too crazy about gifts. No, we don't care about gifts. We keep it very simple. It's actually very stress-free. <sighs> it's very chill. It's, yes. For us, it's really... You, you know, we'll we'll maybe get like some salami, some cheese and crackers. You want to eat this? This is our is this our celebration? Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Little, and and we're good. And and we're gonna buy all the ingredients necessary to make a good proper meal. So on the twenty fifth, I made a Quebecer meal. I made a meat pie. So not tourtière. I know people call it tourtière. Tourtière for people who come from Lac Saint Jean is with beef and potatoes. What I made is pork with spices. Which was and it's excellent. called pâté à la viande, meat pie. Excellent. It was really good. It was my first time making it after years of observing my mom, and I was really happy with the result. All right, and I made sucre à crème. Now, I don't pronounce the la as I'm learning. Sucre à crème. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, French is absolutely weird for me. I, don't, I, I, I swear to you, it's, it is very weird. It's, I think it's objectively weird. It is probably objectively because weird. Because... Italian, I find just, oh, it makes so much sense. It's easy to pronounce. Like, I feel like I can read it. French, to this day, I'm like hesitant. Like, what do I pronounce? Mm-hmm. It is a tough language, and I know I'll need to learn it eventually. And that's, you know, the game plan one day. But, yep. boy. Yep, yep. It's toughy. But, yeah, you made tzikai creme, which is a fudge. Yeah. Basically made with brown sugar and heavy cream. 
Yeah, first time making it. Delicious. My mother makes it every year, and I used to not care about it at all because it's so sweet. Super sweet. But it, it was really good, and it really tasted like home, so I was happy about it. In small doses, it's really good. And we also had panettone, which is uh, the classic Italian Christmas cake. So. I actually, I, I, I normally, it's funny because when we were younger, we always got panettone. It's like, oh, what is this, you know, boring bread? No one would eat it. No one would eat it. Chickens would eat it. Unfortunately, we didn't realize like how to to eat it. Like, or of course we know how to eat it, but always, I always had memories of being like, like dust, like dry. Yeah. The the two panettones that I've had uh, this year here, um, very good. This one I thought was a little too sweet. It had like a a filling, which was a little too much for me. I didn't need that filling. I loved it. It was so good. I think it made it too sweet. I thought I, I thought I thought the bread it, bread itself was very good. It was it, surprisingly it was tender. Dry, yeah. Yeah, it was tender and it was good. Moist. And also, I read an article about about how to eat it. And some people say toast it, put some butter on it, or put some Nutella, or eat it with your coffee. But it's it's kind of meant to be eaten with something, I not see. necessarily just by itself. I so. see. So that was Christmas. Yeah. And so far, it's been okay. I mean, I'm off. Uh, for my vacation, but it's not really a vacation. I have to do. I'm uh, for my just for folks. You know what I'm up to in school. I'm just really preparing now for my exams for the end of the month in January, just to be specific. So I have two weeks off now, and I'm preparing all my notes. So that's a little bit of a, an, an not annoyance, but it's back home when I would finish uh, my first semester. I would be done before Christmas, so you can have a break. You don't have to worry about school and stuff like that. Here, it's a little bit tougher. I mean, I got a family to, and I have to worry about school. So, mm-hmm. minor inconvenience, you know, just a lot of working. And I guess for yourself, your work is pretty. My chill. work is pretty chill for now. I don't have anything from the medical council because they probably don't work over Christmas. And uh, I have a few little things that are just, you know, waiting for now. And I'll probably, probably pick it up after the break, but. It's pretty calm now, so I we're just relaxing. I mean, me and the girls are relaxing. No, I mean it's it's always busy with kids. I mean, even now, I mean, praise the Lord, like the weather has been really good. I don't think we've had rain for a while. It's actually been sunny, I think, for the last several days. Yes. Today, but today was unique because it was pretty. I think it was the coldest day we've had in Santa Maranella, at least. I think today was cold. I we went for a walk, and I regretted not wearing gloves. Oh yeah. Because my hands were getting really cold. Now, it wasn't the shade. When you're in the sun, it's fine. Because we've said it a million times, the sun is really warm. But in the shade, it was really cold. No, it's freezing. It was maybe, felt like two or three. It felt like a, yeah, like a very, like a fallish day. No question. It feels, it definitely felt like fall. Yeah. So... But at the same time, too, the weather's nice. And, uh, you know, this, you know, I think even for the next week, next week on, it's looking good. So I think in terms of that, I mean, for next week, you know, we're we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll update you next week. We have a little New Year's party we're going to this week, which is exciting. It's going to be interesting with the girls who are kind of like, you know what, let's just go. We'll figure it out. It's, Dolo. it's only eight minutes away. So it's a quick scoot. Worst case, kids go nuts. Let's go home. Right. You know, and no, no worries. And... Yeah, it's everything's going good, and I guess one last little update for the residency stuff. I think we've we have my stuff. I don't know if we mentioned that. I have my final document, my residency, so I'm confirmed. Yes, uh, citizen, not citizen, resident. Um, 
but you need to take care of things now. Yes, now I have the all the paperwork that needs to be filled and I have to fill it, prepare all the documents and bring it to the post office. I feel like we've said that, but I'll say it again quickly. Yes, we mentioned that we mentioned because that, but I have a friend who's going to help me fill it out. So but we, we now have those papers, these, you know, and now oh, it's... One thing that I don't think we've mentioned is that um, I managed to lose the girl's vaccination records. We don't know. We don't know. I've don't misplaced know them. We don't know where it is. That's yeah. the bottom line. I don't and know. we need them in order to enroll Teresa to school. So I have to call my doctor back in Canada maybe tomorrow and see mm. if she can send something. Something. Oh, please pray for us because if that doesn't work out, then probably Teresa won't be able to Go start right away. school right away. Exactly. So, one little, one little hiccup, but we'll get through it. Now listen to the melody. Maybe it come from me. I think it's plain to see. Some people say that the great. I'm currently studying, just finished studying for one of my classes, ethics. I've really, I think of my favorite courses, uh, ethics, politics, and logic are sort of my uh, my go-to ones. It's the ones I read a lot of extra material on. You know, it's it's. I think the I think the obvious reason is that all of it is so applicable to our day to day lives. I mean, I mean, you can get maybe a lot of opinions about other courses and stuff, and how everything is applicable. I mean, for sure, I suppose, and you know, there's some good stuff in metaphysics and ancient philosophy, the history, and all these things. But I think for me, as even I think I've always been like that. I think as even as an engineer, engineer is just a, a, a practical application of science really all the, the the things that i've listed is really a practical application of philosophy and really i mean it, it's the stuff that i think about quite heavily it's you know what drives someone to do good you know and aristotle would say we do that for happiness aristotle would say in ethics too that you know the the most i guess happiest life one could live is really um, a life like he, he calls it a contemplative life, but just a life where you use your 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 faculties, your your reason, and everything to its fullest extent. You know, in in relation to virtue, so living being basically virtuous as being sort of this happiest go to place that you want to um, to be in. And I just, I mean, I reflect on that so much. I'm like, that's not something you see or hear about quite often, right? Even, I mean, our faith, we, we emphasize this so much, you know, humble, you know, be prudent, be temperate, you know, just, all these things. I, I, I at least from observations I see in my own life, maybe, you know, Genevieve, you, you have it in your own experience as well. To do the, the virtuous thing is probably the last thing anyone wants to do or, or thinks about generally, why are you singling me out in that? I feel triggered. Well, you're the you're the only audience person in this room. I would ask Teresa. Don't want to wake probably her. Agree to. She would probably agree. But I mean, seriously, I mean, if I like, I I say these words to you right now. What's the first thing you feel of? Think. Oh, right this moment, I'm very tired. Like, oh, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> Okay, that's true. This is this is not okay. Let's just say a, a hypothetical Genevieve, well rested. Okay. What are you thinking? Still, it's probably not like the first thing. It's like, yeah, 
No, no. I, I think if I am well rested, that's when usually I'm the most productive. But even then, even then, it's very hard. No question. And I, I think the uh, the big thing. It's almost like when someone tells you that, or even any anyone, when a parent tells you something. And I might have chatted about this even last time. But this idea that someone who's who has some insight or wisdom tells you, hey don't do this or do that more often than not we we probably don't listen to that person unless we kind of understand why from our own failure like we fail in that thing and ah therefore i see what you're saying or um we learn about that thing through another circumstance and it's like oh okay now this person but it's always never seems to work or is is motivating enough for us to listen to someone like say aerosol saying hey listen being virtuous will be good for you something to strive for that's so true I, it reminds me of a meme that goes around it's uh someone eating in their bed and then like yeah my mom was right i shouldn't <laughs> do that there's crumbs everywhere so, so it, it, it's always like that isn't it right yeah. it's you it's and a lot of I, is that just how we're i always think about it. is that just how we're geared towards it's you tell someone who's let's say you have a, a family member a friend a spouse I don't know, whatever, they, they spend too much time either watching TV and indulge, you know, and you, you know, they complain to you that they're not happy or something, whatever, and you kind of maybe suggest, okay, well, maybe read or something. There's such an aversion to it, and, and I, I understand this aversion. It's kind of, again, you, you train your body to be in a certain way. It does be, it's, it's truly becomes a very, again, this is this always, this battle between sort of the, the passions and the soul, right? It just, it gets to a point where if you haven't built that up, you almost don't know what a, it's like, you're unhealthy, but you don't know it. Isn't that isn't that a physical principle too in physics? Inertia, inertia. Is that yeah. How you pronounce it. Yeah, inertia. It's like if there's a, a sudden movement, then it's going to go the opposite way. There's going to be a some kind of yeah, uh, uh, yeah. opposite reaction. Right. Yeah. And but I I think even when it comes to these these habits, and this is why he's he's very very strongly emphasizes for parents to um really instill this into kids at a very young age um, because it can get to this point right where you're saying the the force needed to overcome some of these things over time because can become pretty tremendous it's it's amazing the the power of a a bad habit or a just a poorly formed habit right it's but you don't i think a lot of us don't necessarily see that we're not poorly formed or until we you know encounter something that forces us to, to that reveals that and I, I speak for myself too I think one thing I've, I found with myself and it's something I'm working on and there's a few things I think for I always think or I always see myself being a very temperate I have sort of temperance sort of it's I always felt naturally I could always kind of keep my passions and my appetites in check uh, prudent I always tend to spend time thinking things through pretty well maybe overly but still just making time for that. But in you know even my relationship with Genevieve, for example, it's like okay, no, I could definitely work a little bit more on my justice, especially even with kids. You know, don't don't react to certain things without having the full information. You and you've kind of shown me like, hey, right. you're not really as you know you're saying you want to be just, but you don't know all the details and you acted in a way that's not right. And also learning how to use mercy rather than justice because little kids they don't know anything. Correct. Trying to live life, you know. Correct. And and this is just, it's not like this is a major little thing. It's just, okay, if Teresa goes to time out, is it, is it warranted? And all these things. And then same thing with, uh, with courage. You know, it's just a surprising thing how if you haven't practiced it, you get, I guess you don't necessarily know you don't need it until the situation arises. Or like, wow, I, 
And again, depending on which person you deal with, you know, a lot of, I, I believe this is probably going to become a, a far more prevalent issue, just anxiety dealing with day-to-day situations. I think it goes to resilience. I mean, I never had the, a reason to practice resilience until I started having kids and it was really rough. It, it, that's exactly it. And then there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And, and But now look at what you've been, you know, it's, it's yeah, you're, you're, and I guess the virtue and what I'm, what I'm speaking of, it's, it kind of can come in two ways. It's either through necessity, like for example, you have kids, it's like, oh, I have to do the right things. I have to be responsible now. I have to, all these things sort of fall into line, which is, I guess I think for a lot of people, maybe that's how they, they're faced with this like reality, like, oh, I need this virtue and I just kind of suck in it. Why is it, why does it seem so easy for other parents or something or for other individuals to do all these things? And for me, it's not, well, I guess it's a show that maybe that's just a habit that hasn't been poorly, you know, uh, properly developed over time. And that's, I think that's everyone. Everyone has that, right? It's a function of your, your upbringing, um, but also a function of how you decide to practice that throughout your life, right? So, yeah. And then there's the other way. I mean, if, if necessity is not there, I mean, it's, it's very important to almost, you know, and again, as Aristotle would say, it's, and this is, I think, again, even very, I think as a Catholic, we should always strive for virtue. I mean, that's, you don't need Aristotle to tell you that. You should always do that. But it's this idea that the virtuous man or woman is is always sort of in the best place to deal with any of life's challenges. So it's almost like it's always in your best interest, always, whether you know it now or not, to be the most virtuous person you can be. And it's surprising. Like, for example you know, being temperate, for example, maybe it's, it's great, maybe, you know, not having to worry about um, overeating, overeating, that's not something or, you know, um, maybe that's not the best, but even I'm just thinking maybe, for example, courage, right? Yeah, courage for the most part, for most people, you know, speaking your, speaking your mind, resilience, you know, persevering through hardships and stuff like that, um, doesn't seem significant now, maybe in our culture, in our times where everything is sort of well, the whole culture is basically anti-courage, like they want to avoid any sort of conflict. So no one's really able to properly train in that. But if you think about it, a time when you've encountered, you know, someone or with a different opinion and stuff like that, you're able, you're, you know, depending on how you react, you kind of shy away from it when you, you know, you, st- you know, especially if it's something related to the faith, did you stand up for it? These are, these are very important things that, you know, um, yeah, the opportunity or the threat doesn't necessarily exist all the time, but it, it warrants to be always true because there may be a time for each and every one of us where we'll need to, you know, genuinely stand up for the faith. You know, and will we have the courage and fortitude to be able to do it, or will we back down out of fear? You know, it's, it's. I, I think it's just it's always this this idea that it, you'll be best equipped to deal with life in any circumstances. And and again, Aristotle's wisdom that he saw, it's like even in adversity when the whole world, and like think of Job. Job is the most perfect example of sort of this like virtuous man. Like his whole world, is he lost his, um I think he lost his whole family, basically all his goods, all his property. He's sitting like on a pile of ash and this man is unmoved. Like he's, he's, he's there, you know, he's saying whatever. I'm like, he didn't say whatever. He's not saying whatever. But at the end of it, you know, the, the enemy, Satan, after he kind of, you know, was allowed to do all these things, uh, Job ended up getting basically everything back. I think even, even more so than what he did. But any other person who has not, you know, lived as again, in that case, Job was a very righteous man. Anyone who hasn't really striven for that in prosperity, he was right, you know, righteous. That's the amazing part. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. He didn't need to be, maybe he didn't need to be as courageous or temperate or any of these things, but it's even in those circumstances, striving for virtue. I think that is, if I can say anything, that's probably one of the most important things you could, you should do. Because I think in our prosperity, we fail to realize that just because necessity doesn't warrant us to be courageous, we don't have to fight bears for food or, you know, we're not in tribal warfare or, you know, all these things. It's good to be temperate. It's good to say, you know, I don't need to eat this. It's good to be, you know, practice your courage because you never know when the opportunity will come or that will be of benefit for you, not just temporally, but also very much spiritually. So that, and that comes a lot from ethics and, you know, to be a very good, virtuous person. It's the best thing you can do for this society at large, for the people around you. You know, if, if you feel drawn to do that more, and I know many people aren't, I mean, even as I say, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, it's a very tiring endeavor, it does, yeah. but I mean, reflect at the one time in your life when you've done something courageously or justly, and just think about like, you know, that was a rewarding thing to do. And I guess... Be open. I think the Lord does it like every single day. I think he tests us in so many ways, whether it's humility, patience, justice, you know, fortitude, uh, temperance. There are opportunities there. Very Look closely at those things and honestly, just do your best to, to rise above it. You know, we're called to be, you know, imitators of Christ, right? So that means that involves being very strong and virtuous. So, All right, guys, remember to like us on Facebook, check our Patreon page and... Merry Christmas again. Happy New Year in advance. And we will chat with you next week. God bless everyone. Yeah.